Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about dicamba drift and if it has any connection to Roundup. In our spotlight, we're going to do an update on herbicide tolerant sorghum. Egg History Minute, we're going to talk about the history of sorghum. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events and we'll finish it up with our new segment, the Egg Idiom of the Week. So with me today, thankfully, not riding solo today, is Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. You did good last week, Matt. I like the Killed title. It. Yeah, title of it, talking to myself. Well, it's it was pretty it much is very true. You know that, <laughs> much that old that old uh, comedian that used to do the he'd tell a joke and go high five myself, no friends, and then clap over his head. Yep, yeah, was that you last week? When that you was pretty much yourself? me last week. You were... High five myself, no friends. <laughs> uh, did you miss us? Or I, I, I did. He I, invited us back, Max. So I think I it's, mean it's good. It, it's awkward it's when you. You know, you're so used to having someone else chime in on a subject, and you're like, well, nope, nobody else is going to say anything. <laughs> well, nope, nope, just my thoughts. Let's Guess we're moving on. Keep her moving. At least it wasn't super weird where he tried to, like, muffle and make like he was talking to somebody else. Or... Oh, yeah, man, good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Steve Zabin, like, like where he Z- just yeah. has the random, like, shut up, you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> talking to himself, yeah. That was good. Thanks for inviting us back. We didn't get kicked out of the band. Yeah, yep. no, I'm glad everyone except for Bills got all their COVID business and vacations taken care of. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So you guys ready for the uh, undefeated Badgers to take on Michigan this weekend? Yep, at the Little House. At the little House is that what we're calling it without the Little the, House. I like that. The Little House in Michigan. Yeah, I mean they suck. So is it on a prairie? Do, do they have fans going to be there? Um, I don't think so. For some reason, I want to say like Michigan like canceled high school sports, so I kind of yeah. doubt they have fans. They're they're one and two, so probably not. Yeah, they won't have them anyway. E- yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a tough look for the Harbaugh's Harbaugh. I guess well, both, neither one of them is really doing no, great this year. No, not fantastic. But yeah, at least one's still in professional sports. But yeah, so we don't know if Graham Mertz is going to play for sure. He comes off COVID protocol today. I think today, yeah. And then they check his heart, right? No, that's done. That was the last. Uh, oh, okay. it was three, three, three weeks. weeks. The, the third week is initial, yeah. to check your yep. heart. Yeah. So it's your yeah. So what could stop him from playing? Well, someone is EKG, or he ha- or he hasn't touched a football in three weeks. Yeah. There, but to me, yes, he was quarantined, but he must have been doing some he kind probably of. Still could, yeah. Yeah, I would think as long as he. You know what's crazy is last week Trevor Lawrence tested positive and then was playing in the game or was really? not not playing he didn't play in the game he was on the sidelines for the game with or without a mask on really yeah that. It's in- well, interesting uh, Roethlisberger went on COVID like the day after the game <clears throat> yeah that they played on was it NFL the Monday night game yeah I think yeah. NFL is pushing a lot of these tests to like. A lot of them are coming out Monday or Tuesday. Well, yeah. it's like it's just like in the World Series when they didn't mention oh, yeah. that, that, that his that, test right, came yeah. back. So what's his face? Yeah, then walked off at like <laughs> the halfway through the eighth inning or ninth yeah. inning, whatever yeah. it was. But oh yeah, by the way, you're not supposed to be here. Oh okay, okay. See you. I mean, he came could, out for the celebration. Then yeah, we, brought we him up for pictures. That. We could predict that happening though, couldn't we? I mean, you you knew at some point somebody was going to bend some rules or yeah. try yeah. And, try and put the rules in their favor a little bit, maybe. No, it says Michigan has no fans, but basically, the, in general, I don't think any Big Ten. Maybe, did the has Big Ten fans. come out? And say I, I think it's a fans? general Big Ten thing. Yeah, I, well, I think it, the decision somewhat had to do with the 
the colleges themselves too, like the yep. administrations of the individual universities. The the next question that people ask and Google people also ask, are the Detroit Lions allowing fans? <laughs> Would which they have again, any to begin with? <laughs> See um, by, by previous comment yes. about record. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jim. Sorry, yeah, Jim. Sorry, sorry, our one Detroit Lion fan, but no, yep. they, are, they are for the ah. unforeseen or the foreseeable future, they will not be having fans. Is it really that? It says not COVID related. But <laughs> yeah. In general, yeah. <laughs> until, until they get some new owners and a new head coach. Yeah. What do you mean, Matt? Patricia's been awesome. He's a rocket scientist. Just think of all the Belichick coaches that have just are total boss. Yeah. Vrabel's probably been the best one. Even Belichick's Titan looking boss. a little shaky. This yeah, year. without without Brady, he's yeah. not he's not perfect. Now then, that being said, Brady was looking good until New Orleans spanked him hard. Yeah. the other night, but yeah. what was it? Twenty eight to three? No, that was like forty two or forty two. Yeah, it was it was, it was a blowout. It was the worst blowout so far this year. Is it? Out yeah, of any no, I knew team. it was bad, but yeah, it was. What's funny is that there's always a debate: is it Brady? Is it is it Brady? Is it Belichick? How about uh, it? Probably takes both, both of them to right. truly be successful. Yeah, because we had Mike McCarthy and we had Aaron Rodgers, and they were successful. But when one of them started to fall off, yeah, both look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Mike McCarthy continues to look bad in Dallas, but yeah, he hasn't changed much since we let him go. It's it looks pretty much the same. This week again, they had one of those games where it was like they were they were winning, and then all of a sudden they just went all these unanswered points and got real close. I don't remember if they did they end up winning this week or not, or did they lose? Who are we talking about? Dallas. Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. No, they lost. Yeah, they lost yeah. In, in like the last two minutes. Yeah, or no, I mean, they're was, they're totally they, pulling McCarthy. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's, he hasn't changed a bit that year off from fra- football. Fraudulent. Fraudulent. Watching watching film or whatever he was supposedly doing. <laughs> what did he buy the eating churros? The Pro Football Focus account that he that he got. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't, didn't help. pay off. Yeah. Did you guys hear the uh, home field advantage stat for NFL? No, I don't home, think so. Home teams this year, guess what their records are? Like, how close? I mean, the, are the Packers undefeated at home? No, they lost I mean, just, to Minnesota this is at like home. Obviously, that was all, an, yeah, I guess yeah, all we, teams. We, we beat like, Minnesota in their and then stadium lost and then home. lost to them in ours. So, uh, um, Let's say, how many games have been played? Were week 10? 9? Yeah, but there's been so many like double so, buys and weird stuff like right, that. Right, so you, I would think you'd have at most 100, 4 100, home. 133 games. I'm going to say... Home games, you're saying? No, like total games. Oh, total games. Yeah. I'm I mean, going to say... And so this is the total NFL record of home versus... Correct. Away. Um, like, like, what's the home field advantage? Like, number of points? Well, or no, no, just the record. Just the record. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So like it's got to add up to 133. Wins? Right, right. But, I mean, that's not easy. Uh, so. 97 and 36. That equals 133, <laughs> right? Cl- I, I was going to say 100 wins. It is sixty five, sixty seven, and one. Wow! So, it's so there is five hundred. So there is no tie. home field. Like it should be five hundred with that, except for that tie. Right, the tie is great. Yeah. yeah, but no. So literally, there is. I mean, there's no fans. So right. that is kind of cool to say that the fans must actually like they used to say. Oh, you can sleep in your own bed and you're used to your own facilities, and but. It's probably just the fans yelling at the refs is probably your home field advantage. <laughs> well, and I mean, if the fans had been there to push Delvin Cook out of the stands, of the, yes, then that would have changed, that the, might have changed the, the, the game. game. You're right. 
and it is a small sample size of nine weeks, basically, of football. So don't we'll say see that. What, what it is. Don't say nine weeks. That makes me sad. <laughs> that puts us over halfway. That yeah, you're so right. Sad. We are. You're right. We're over the. Hump. And I, I live and die by football season. I feel like this, your life is just so much, so much emptier without football. <laughs> Well, you've still got a few couple more months yet. So. And I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. We have TV at our deer camp now, nice. so we're getting serious. <laughs> yeah, this weekend, the Badgers are on ABC. So yep, yep. Right yeah. on, All right, sweet. So yeah. it's on regular TV. Won't have to have no, the Big us, Ten Network. No, yep, no for cable. us poor folk who can't afford yeah. the fancy dish like you, Todd, <laughs> up in your ivory I, castle. I, I also do not have dish. Or <laughs> I, he just steals his parents. I'm just a millennial. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> so I have the... The cord, the cord cutter mentality. So, well, but now you just connect a bunch of other cords. Like I say you have Netflix and Disney. Plus cord, and cord cutting has turned into cable again. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Because now you have all these streaming services that offer you well, it's the same as these cable channels. <laughs> they have yet to fully embrace the choose your own adventure style cable, cable. Though, where you could just like I want these ten channels. That's it. Max would be Hallmark Channel, HGTV, Bravo. So far, you guys are all for three. <laughs> It'd be like Pursuit Channel, <laughs> Outdoor Pursuit? Channel. What's that? That's a hunting channel. Oh, okay. Outdoors. I'd have two, like the two outdoor channels, ESPN, NFL Network, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. To get to Brew Games. FSN. Yeah. Comedy Central. What am I at? Is that like eight? How many do we get to pick? I, I stopped counting it. Yeah. Like but those, that's, I mean, that's the channels right there. Yeah. That's basically it. So, yeah, pretty boring. And that's always been the problem with cable is you have 150 channels. whoop de doo I watch like <laughs> 10. I just need those. I don't need to, the one channel that shows the same movie like six times in one day. What always stinks is the hunting the hunting and fishing channels are not included in the sports package. So if you get the sports package, then you got to pay extra for hunting and fishing channels. It's like, so every time my dad was like, Hey, I came in clutch for you guys. Got all the sports sports channels is like, yeah, but we don't get the pursuit channel anymore. So, but I I survived a childhood with 442 uh, channels instead of 444. (laughs) So you made it survivor. (laughs) All right. You guys ready to do this? Yeah, let's go. All right, so we've talked a lot about Dicamba this year with the whole Extend deal and everything that happened there, and um, drift has been an issue in Wisconsin to a certain extent, but mostly in the South and other states where they've had a lot uh, more severity to the the issues of drift. So Wisconsin's been pretty good at utilizing Dicamba. We've had it since about 1967. Yeah, that is a good thing to reiterate. Yeah, so it's it's been around. Like... Spraying dicamba on soybeans is new, and that's a new technology. But the the chemical we've been spraying it on corn, corn for, for a long right, time. Long time, yeah. And you know it can be used by itself, also with other combinations. So you know tank mixes, newer formulations are meant to be safer. Um, but obviously, as I mentioned before, some states are having major issues. So uh, it's, the question's been raised by a few studies of could tank mixing with glyphosate be part of the problem? So is Roundup mixed with dicamba actually worse to drift than um, just dicamba by itself. So that seems to be a suggestion um, for a couple different reasons. One is it affects the pH of the solution. So when you change the pH, 
It's making it more um, capable of drifting. And it's also preventing hydrogen bond in the amines, which are what make the dicamba safer. That's the safener in there is these amines. And so they're saying that glyphosate's interfering with its ability to hold that chemical where we want it to be. So, um, you know, a couple of these studies here. Yeah, the newest study, Matt, was published in October in the Environmental Science and Technology Journal, and it was by uh, Washington University in St. Louis, which I didn't know there was a Washington, mm-hmm. Wash, Wash U in St. Lou. Um oh. <laughs> That's, I, Tom, I don't know that what hurt. they go by. What do you think their mascot is? The it's got to be some University. bird or something, right? Yeah, like a, a no. Blue, I've, it's probably like a the blue cardinal, Washington or kernels, or something like that. It's got to be something like that, right? Like, like K with a K, the corn kernels, Washington <laughs> kernels. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Mascot. Now we're 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 we're, we're uh, mascot radio. There it's a go. bear. It's a bear. It just says bear, too. It doesn't... Usually there's like a name or... Go Bears, baby. Yeah. All right. So yeah, anyway, just, Washington U, Wash U at St. Lou. They they published the, you know, recently done study. So what's interesting about this is it's very, you know, a brand new study out that explained just what Matt said there. Um, and real... real. We know that there's a lot of... Um, research being done on this and so we're going to try to bring the listeners all the new research as it comes out yeah and uh university of tennessee also did another recent study in 2019 looking at um, the same thing and they found that as temperature increased the you really there was a difference all the way along but the hotter you got the way more um volatilization and drift you would have with the dicamba and roundup mix so that makes that makes perfect sense i mean that's right. what we've known for a while it was it it was pretty neat to see their chart too because like 60 degrees or lower it's like nothing yep and then there's a little uptick when you get between like 60 and 68 and then starts to pull away at 68 to 78 and there i would say that's when the roundup Really, you know, you yep. see a a big difference that if you're just dicamba only, it's not as big, and then you throw Roundup, and then there's more, and then like you say, over eighty six, it's then it's, it's substantially yeah, really different. huge difference. Which over over eighty six in general, we're like, yeah, maybe we should wait till next week. Unfortunately, that's the last couple of years been when mm-hmm. most of our applications have been have timed. Been yeah, is right when it's getting to the hottest part of the summer. Well, and it's probably hard. I mean, for us, it's easier than it is for people in Missouri, you know, to to really watch those temperatures and avoid them because it's hotter in Missouri than it is here in general. So that's where part of the problems I think come in is that they don't have the windows that we have necessarily. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, another part of this study was timing as far as when you're most likely to see that. And it's within the first eight hours is when you're most likely to see a lot of that um, that drift after that, then things kind of even out and, um, you don't see it quite as, as prevalent, but it's that first eight hours that are critical. So doing it, you know, later in the day when it's going to potentially be cooler, if you had to spray, would probably be the best option. Cause not necessarily because uh, volatilization, you, a true inversion 
you don't necessarily want to spray late in the day. What is hard with all this new research is it's somewhat um, convoluted that it, it is hard to know what's right. Right. So and um, I would say, you know, that maybe just look that you don't spray on a real hot day. Yeah. So it's it's a I to me there's a decent amount of art involved in the science because it we have these numbers but at the same time a temperature inversion can happen somewhat unexpectedly too. It's a good way to arts and I would almost say too it's it's weather like we can't mm-hmm. predict weather. Right. We we no, we try but we're we're dealing with you know real life weather occurrences that something can happen that you just can't predict. And I, I think this is one where the new label says we can't go past June 30th mm-hmm. for spraying. And really, that's what they're—that's what the new label is trying to get at is, okay, after June 30th, we have a lot more days that are hotter in temperature that we could get these temperature inversions. And so in June, we just have a lot less problems well, with it. I, I mean, I watched the weather all week for the what, what, what it was going to be like yesterday. And every day I looked, there was rain one day, then the next day there was no rain, then there was rain again. And then when I was there yesterday, I got a notification that it was about to rain, and then it never did. So you, up to the minute, we still really don't know. So it's really hard to to say, okay, after June 30th, there's no way that the weather will ever be good again to spray this. Yeah. No, or, I, or saying that before June 30th, the weather will be good. So I always like to screenshot when the hourly, you know, you look at the weather hourly and it says... Zero percent chance of rain, and then you look out your window and it's raining. It's raining, yeah. That pretty much sums up the yep that argument right there. So, Matt, what you're getting at with this too is the the pH. It's a pH change, is what the Roundup's really doing. So, or yeah, is it okay? pH has an effect on it, and also um, its ability to bond with the amine. So, if they're saying the, the hydrogen bond, which is affected by pH. I'm just trying to find that part in the. The study here, um, so there are three amines typically used in the CAMBA formulations, and uh, I believe it was two of the three react to a pH change. So depending on what, which one, yeah. So glyphosate increased volatility in two of the three main amines. So um, that that is interesting in that the new registration of that camera also requires an approved pH buffering agent. Yep. So, so obviously they help prevent yeah. right. So one thing to think about with dicamba is there this the tank mix partners that we're using are very different. Um they're what we always say is we've been spraying dicamba for years. Well originally you didn't use Roundup with Dicamba. Right. Obviously that's been newer with with status on corn, I mean, I think a lot of times we throw in Roundup in that product, um, and that's usually sprayed a little bit earlier, usually at least in June. So just it it just is interesting. Is we started out this topic saying we've been spraying dicamba for a long time, yep. but that is one thing is the tank mix partner tank mix partners we're using are are different. And, and I think part of the takeaway with this is um, not that we know this for sure. Obviously, there's some studies suggesting it, but um, when you're looking at spraying. Do you need that tank mix partner? Yep. Don't just, you know, and we have premixes now. We have all this other stuff. You know, maybe it, you would be better off if you've been having issues especially. You know, don't add the glyphosate if you don't need it. Rather than, you know, I've, you know we've talked but before. Matt, modes we of action, need it. Yeah, multiple modes well, of action. Everything is, is a good thing. But in this case, um, you may cause more issues 
And when would we not need it if there are no grasses present? Right. So essentially the, the banville should kill all the all the basically the other or dicamba I use banville, but sorry, use those interchangeably just used yeah. to that. Um that should kill all the broadleaves. So watch if you have grasses present. And one idea is like Tavium has a grass herbicide in it to prevent it. So if you have no grasses present, you spray Tavium that'll hold any from coming later and and you'd be clean. So I do think this bodes to thinking about how we spray dicamba next year is the pre-emerge down and then wait idea maybe it'll change a little bit maybe maybe you don't put a pre down you just come back really early post with your soybean spray um with a a zidua product mixed with like i don't you know we we got to sort all this out this winter but to have a plan going into next year and it's probably different than your plan's been in the past of just wait because june 30th if you're going to do a post and you have a pre down, usually you don't have much water hemp there yet because your pre hold held most of it. Um, but you might be pretty close that you could get in there around June 30th and, and spray and they'd be the right size too. the water hemp. They'd be small. Yeah. I mean, at the end of May, realistically, you could have water hemp starting to, to come out. It, but, you know, the last couple of years too, we've had cooler temperatures in May where we haven't seen as much germination. It really seems to be around that June fifteenth is when we really yeah. see the where it's like and, okay now like we got to do something like I said if you have a pre out that might hold some of those early ones back yep which in general we've been pushing pre emerge herbicides I still like pre emerge herbicides but if it's you know think rethink your whole program yep so that you you, I, you know if you need the pre or maybe maybe you just wait um, and especially it's been hard spraying soybean pre's because you got to clean out so well switching between corn and beans so. More of our guys have been going, okay, I'm just going to worry about my soybean pre's, and then I'll do corn early post. Is this year you could flip that around? I see, and I've heard the suggestion um, from a couple of people already going to like a just a dual pre that's not going to give sure. you that super long residual, but it's going to give you some, and then that should put you in your window for June 15th to June 20th, come back, and that way you're not spending a whole lot of money on a, yeah. on a, on a full season um, soybean herbicide. Um, just an idea that that's been thrown around a little bit, and I not I don't know if I love it or hate it, but it's an idea. Sure, I'm my idea of no pre isn't necessarily a good idea. It's maybe backing down well, or using a cheaper one or, I, or I not think as much. Another thing you've got to consider here is planting date. When are you yes. are you doing your beans first, or are you doing them last, or are you mixing it? Because that's going to tell you, you know, whenever you get in the ground this spring, is going to tell you what what your window is. You know about how long that pre is going to last if you're going to put it down. And if you're planting beans in the mid to late part of May, then you're probably not going to want to count on dicamba as being a solution I mean, for you. I had, I had beans that went in the ground on April 20th, this past growing season. That 45-day from planting window that we had on on um, on Extend last year, what good did that do? I mean, we 45 days didn't get us anywhere. Is that anywhere. still in the, going to be in the label, the 45-day, or is it just a... That was a Wisconsin label thing, and I don't know if that'll still yeah, be I'm in not the new labels sure or not. On the new because, ones. because that is yeah. a good point. If that's still in there, then that yeah, forty five yep, days absolutely. after is it just changes. And it. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it still is or not. There's plenty of legislature to read on that, but just that's when you talk about planting date. You know, when you read through those labels and they give you a you know an interval that you have to go after planting well, early planting, like you're probably not going to get to use so that interval, yeah. right, to and, to its full benefit. 
And remember, water hemp emerges three three hundred fifty GDUs to water hemp emerges. So it's kind of in that late. We talked about this in a past episode. Um, it's a late emerger. So yep. yeah, um, yeah, it's one of those kids in high school that doesn't hit puberty till like their junior <laughs> year. It's like just a real. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I, a little yeah. too close to home for Max. Come on now. <laughs> I had I had a full beard as a sophomore, so I'm, I mean <laughs> you were all right. Yeah. It was it was stuck on with glue, but he had it. He, he I, was, yeah, it counts. So, <laughs> no, so a lot of things to consider there. Um, so when you're you're looking at dicamba as an option for you this year, if you have the extend beans, think about your planting date. Have a plan for what you're going to do with that dicamba, and if you want to mix glyphosate in or have use a premix, make sure you need that component because it is potentially going to increase your. Um, cases of drift so now we'll move into our spotlight for today so this is a subject we talked about uh, earlier in the year herbicide tolerant sorghum uh, alta seeds was getting ready to launch and now it is here so the iGrow sorghum herbicides which are tolerant to imidazolinone herbicide is a new herbicide-tolerant grain sorghum that will be ready for the 2021 growing season. Awesome. So it is here. The non-GMO technology, uh, so it was discovered through advanced genetic screening of germplasm. Naturally occurring tolerance means no DNA from other species was introduced into the iGrowth sorghum genome, and iGrowth therefore has a global market acceptance. So... Um, for forage, that's not going to affect us a whole lot, but it is out there as a technology that is not technically considered a GMO. So if you have issues with with that um, and you're farming, trying to farm GMO-free, there you go. It's, it fits that as well as other operations. I know we don't have a whole lot of grain sorghum around here in, in our rotations, but the fact that we have it in grain sorghum tells me that it's not terribly far away, hopefully, in, in that forage sorghum. Right, they they should be similar, you know. Yeah, just so. Be. It sounds like this because I found a nineteen ninety two article of when they kind of found this natural tolerance, and it their corn, wheat, rice. They found some of the other genome that had this natural tolerance as well. Yeah, and as we get into our next segment, we'll talk about some of the implications of that. Why grain sorghum is kind of becoming more of a market again. So why don't we roll into that, Todd? All right. Time for our Ag History Minute. Gotta love the banjo. All right. There's perhaps no important staple crop, which is very so widely as sorghum. In Africa, the continent generally considered its native home. There are hundreds of distinct varieties and in India and China, almost as many more. After its introduction into the United States, the continued cross-pollination of sorghums in the field has resulted in many additional varieties. So that comes from a USDA report from 1936. So sorghum has been around for quite a long time. Uh, I just lost my place there for a second. Introduced to the U.S. as early as 1838 in Georgia. Sorghum's main uses were grain, forage, syrup, and industrial purposes, so brooms, wallboard could be made of sorghum byproducts. 
today, sorghum is still providing forage and grain principally. And its gluten-free properties make it an alternative for those who suffer from celiac disease or gluten intolerance. The grain can also be found used for alcohol production. So it's being... Grain makes sorghum. Sorghum (laughs) makes whiskey. It's presented as a gluten-free option. And so that may be, as we see more of those things, about another reason why that herbicide-tolerant sorghum has a place in the global market. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting how long it has actually been around, uh, 1800s. So it's it's been a long time. It's never, you know, reached that level of staple crop. It's, you know, not corn, bean, wheat, you know, what we consider those big big market commodities. But it's been hanging around in the background for a long time. But, hey, now some technology in it. And like you said, that that gluten-free thing, that could really, that could really give it a, you know, a foothold in our in the agriculture economy because it i don't know about you guys but five years ago i don't know if i knew a person who was gluten-free and now i could go on forever yeah or that are gluten intolerant yeah there's lots of lots of restaurants now with gluten-free yep. options gluten-free pizzas buns all sorts of stuff so have you guys ever had like sorghum whiskey or any of the other that alcohol not that i'm aware of no apparently there's a really popular chinese liquor that's made from sorghum called sake. Baiju, B A I J I U. But Baoju. Baoju. I think that's the name of the the Chinese food place, and Nina is Baoju. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm being serious. Like I think that's the place my mom the, uh, really likes to go. Is Baoju? It, it means drunk in Chinese. Chinese apparently, yeah. I don't know. No, I uh, not that I'm aware, but I mean, because they've got it's like a grain. Va- and they make vodka, whiskey. You can make. Yeah, yeah I mean, distilled. any distilled thing is usually made with grain, whether it's corn, wheat, you know, unless it's made with potatoes or potatoes. Yes, vodka. All right, very so, cool, great. Uh, Thank you. If you like what you're hearing and you would like to hire an independent craft consultant, please go to naicc.org and find a craft consultant in your area. Please subscribe to the podcast. We thank you for telling a friend about the podcast, a farmer or a friend. And what are they going to say, Max? You say, hey, did you hear about this cool new podcast? Say, hey, you like listen to the radio? Well, I got radio that you can save to your phone and listen to whenever you want of these really cool guys and one weirdo with a beard. <laughs> phone radio? What? <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean... Uh, podcasts are huge, so hopefully uh, hopefully we get passed around to more people. And Matt, where can they follow us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio <clears throat> for both platforms. All right, so now let's get into our current events with some cool beans, and that's corny. So cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. I like that you used the cool beans uh, from the movie <laughs> last week, Matt. That worked out great. Yeah, I thought that it was a nice fill-in since you yes. guys weren't here to help me. All right, so the I'm not sure if it's Raker or Racker, uh, pronounced R-A-K-R app, is available to streamline barn equipment maintenance. So the app is a app that will allow you to enter in a basically a maintenance to-do list. And it will calculate the money you save by actually performing the maintenance along with sending, creating a, a maintenance calendar and sending you alerts when maintenance needs to be done. So data, data analytics can help find a way for you to increase profits on your operation, 
gain more control over your revenue and make sustainability a more profitable farm practice. That is the the hope of the app creators. So kind of cool you, way you can... It's available on both Android and iPhone. Yep, so that's both good. Marketplaces. A lot of times is Why would you even put it on an Android? Just, just put it on iPhone. <laughs> Whatever, it, Max. Androids. Get a real phone, Todd. <laughs> So that's good because they usually just come to iPhone first, and then that is later. true. So that's cool, and it's free, which I don't know then how they're making the money. But you you must pay for the service. Yeah, there may maybe in-app purchases, uh, but we haven't really gotten that deep into it. We haven't yeah, built our barn yet, so we're not. not. Yeah, and it, it's a precursor to Neat Meter is their next app, which they're currently developing, which will deliver real-time monitoring of barn equipment to unlock energy efficiency and savings. So I'm guessing this one's free, get you started on it, get you in the the system, and then Neat Meter, the next one, probably will have some sort of paywall or um, subscription fee or something. So. It's Canadian-based. Yeah. You know what doesn't have a paywall? Your hoser. <laughs> Our podcast, so you can listen to us for free. So yeah, something to, something to watch. We'll keep an eye on that one, see if... If it uh, pans out for you. And our That's Corny for today. Wah, wah, wah. Beef exports fall <laughs> despite record Chinese purchases. So uh, beef exports were fairly steady within the last year in major Asian markets, but trended lower overall according to recent data released by the USDA. September beef exports were 6% lower than one year ago and valued at 9% less. Sad. So, yeah, unfortunately, that market is not as profitable as we'd like to see it, but hopefully things will improve into as we get into 2021 and leave 2020 in our rearview mirror. Do you think, I mean, this is a long shot, but do you think because a lot of people are going to be spending the holidays separated from, you know, in their smaller family groups rather than in these big family groups, that means they'll sell more, like, turkeys and more... You know, whatever. I don't know what you guys have, but my dad really likes making like tenderloin for Christmas. And since we won't be going to my grandma's, that means we'll have to have our own tenderloin. They'll have to have their own. Like, like I, maybe I, we could see a bump that way, or do you think it'll be a, a a downsize because there isn't these huge family gatherings? I think there's potential. I mean, there may be people who don't like turkey, but eat it because that's just what whoever hosts makes and so may there'll be yeah, more meat they'll consumed. make a ham or uh, something else yeah. i heard i heard someone the other day say i hate turkey but it's thanksgiving so we're having turkey yeah. <laughs> and and they said like you know usually we all go to grandma's house and we're not doing that this year so we have to make our own turkey and i got to thinking i'm like you know if you say there's five families at grandma's house normally well all those five families are separate this year that's five turkeys compared to the normal one but they're probably not buying the th- 20 pound and the 18 pound turkey to feed all those people either you're selling more potentially because your price per pound may end up being close to the same or a little bit more because you're selling smaller turkeys but more of them I'd, yeah i, I don't know i hope so for you know every industry needs a little help <laughs> as far as it, everything goes so be good to see that i i think a general consumption just might be down because you're not celebrating this big you know you just won't eat as much because you're not in this big group. Well, uh, you speak just... for yourself, okay? <laughs> I, I plan to sit I, with a can of cranberry sauce to myself, <laughs> thank you. That, that's, a norm, that's a normal Thanksgiving <laughs> that, for me. I love cranberry, cranberry sauce, sauce man. 
straight out of the can. That's pretty. Uh, you go, it's pretty bold. Well, right? you, yeah, pretty what's the difference? Because w- when you tip oh, yeah. it out of the can, it still retains the can well, shape. So well, my favorite, my move right now is is uh, is cranberry sauce and then a whiskey sour, old fashioned. Watching football, I mean, you can't beat that. That sweet and sour, put it together. Mm-mm-mm. I think you should very carefully carve the inside of the cranberry sauce out and put your whiskey, old fashioned, in, 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 in the, and use it as a. My brain just exploded. Ma- Max's mind's blown. <laughs> Don't cut Cran- your hand, cut your face on the can, though. <laughs> the cranberry whiskey sour. I'm guessing Max pa- leaves, patent pending leaves the lid like open. Oh, you know, like oh yeah, oh, 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 style. Yeah, like, no, you got to use the. Um, I don't know if it's, is it pampered chef or whatever that mm-hmm. makes the one where it it cuts around the Max or outside. Matt has a real fancy can opener that who know, does Matt does we do know. it's one where it takes like the whole top off instead of having the jagged edge I saw the other day I there's a, you don't make a bar knife yeah. Yeah. I, I think saw, it's pampered chef it's got to be right. I'm I saw assuming, yeah. the other day there's a company that sells they call it a bar tool and it's to take the top off your beer can and you can drink out of your beer can then like a <laughs> cup but it's not it's not sharp or anything and I was like genius idea yeah, I've, I've but seen I can that use too, that yeah. for the cranberry sauce yeah. There you go. All right, now that we've solved all the Thanksgiving issues I'm going to have this year. Yeah, all cranberry whiskey sours are <laughs> copyrighted by Tiltalk Radio. Max, you unless, come with the recipe next unless, week. So unless you have too many and bring up politics at the table, then we had nothing to do <laughs> yeah. with it. Well, that, that's your problem. That's probably going to happen anyway. That's yeah. part of the holidays. All right. We'll wrap her up with the egg idiom for this week. So, Todd, I think you've got some some special sound for us. Who, who sings this, Todd? <laughs> this is like D-list country music. <laughs> Credit to Stephen Lee Olson. All right. Release. Ooh, right at that part. Yeah, there it was. Making, Making hay while the sun shines is our egg idiom for this week. So it means take the opportunity, seize the day when you have a good opportunity to do the work, get it done right away. Don't let it linger until you're going to have more issues. And as farmers know, we need time to dry out that hay if we're going to make baled hay. So sunshine is going to help us out. It's the same as getting while the getting's good. Yeah, that's right. That one's really not egg related though. <laughs> no, egg related no. podcast. But. No, but you're trying to explain the egg idiom, so I used a non-egg idiom to explain, explain the it. egg idiom. Because some people don't know what making hay means. Now we're, they don't understand why the sunshine is important for making said hay. Now we're getting too many idioms. <laughs> My idioms are getting crossed. <laughs> don't cross the streams. Don't cross the idioms. Uh, don't cross the uh, idiom across the idiom. What does that make? Two, yeah, two, idioms two idioms do not make a right. <laughs> two, okay. Yeah. Two idioms make three idiots. I think that's yeah, what that makes. But do four lefts make a right? I can't remember. All right. <laughs> I've, we've incepted our brains twice <laughs> in the last five minutes. I think we're done now. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So today we talked about dicamba drift and roundup and the potential for uh, that to be a undesirable mix if you're having drift issues. Our spotlight, we updated you on herbicide-tolerant sorghum, now available for the 2021 growing season. We gave you a history of sorghum in the Egg History Minute. And in our Cool Beans That's Corny, we talked about the Raker app for farm efficiency and falling beef exports. So thanks for listening. 
And as always, happy farming.